actually make you into a vessel or a container for honor. And that just means every person in here, your life's a container. And it's either a container uh, of honor or it's a container for dishonor. It's a container that, that, that moves towards God or it's just a container that's filled with stuff. I mean, I know you can fill your container with all kind of stuff. Right. I mean, you, you can you can you can have all types of hobbies and I like hobbies. There's certain things I like to do. You know, you can have golf clubs and you can have hunting leases and you can have uh, home. You can have all kind of stuff. God's not God's not uh, worried about you having things. He's worried about things having you. And at the end of your life, you're not just having a bunch of stuff, but you actually haven't said, God, my life was a container that, 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 that carried your goodness to people, that carried your hope to people, that carried uh, uh, expectation uh, of you to people. So we've looked at that, and this is our third week, and this is the week that we're actually going to make it to the wheel. The first week we just looked at clay. The Bible says, from, from the earth you came, and from the earth you'll return. And God fashioned us out of the ground, and then He blew His breath. He said, life be, and He blew into the nostrils of Adam, or God-man, and all of a sudden Adam came alive. And he carried in himself God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because all three of them said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So Jesus put his very best in the clay and and in the forming of man. The Holy Spirit put his very best. God put his omnipotence and his power, his very best into Adam. Then he created Eve and he said, now y'all get busy. Have some babies. Right? He said, be fruitful and multiply. And then he said, and take dominion. And he gave them a garden. He says, I've created this whole earth. You're the crown of creation. Now you two, you be fruitful and multiply. You take dominion over the beast of the field, the fowl of the earth, the fish of the sea. He says, you subdue it. And he actually told Adam, he says, and you name it. Whatever you call it, that's what it will be. God, did not, God didn't uh, name everything. He gave that to Adam. He says, you take dominion. I've given you the garden and you name it. And the animals would come by Adam and he would call them what he wanted them to be. There's power in your voice. There's power in what you call things in your life, what you call your kids, what you call your spouse, what you call your church, what you call your president, what you call your country. There's power in your words. And he said that was God's original design in the garden. And we know the Bible says through one man, death reigned. That was Adam. He sinned. But through another man, Jesus Christ, we have the abundance of grace and eternal life. Through what what Adam did, Jesus came and he undid it to return us to a state where we ourselves, we have have in us good clay. We have God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, and he's, he's wanting to make us a vessel of honor. So week two we looked at, but there's some preparation. And he says, if you want to be a vessel of honor, you're going to have to cleanse yourself. Or in other words, you're going to, I've given you the clay, but you're going to have to remove some certain things out of it. And we looked at all the things, and it wasn't the best sermon in the whole wide world because a lot of times people don't like to hear all the stuff that they need to change and the sin and the adjustment that they need to remove. But if you want to be a vessel of honor, it's just part of it. You say, yeah, but we're under grace. It does not matter. I believe in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he said, be holy for I'm holy, that there should be certain lifestyle changes and adjustments you make once you become a Christian if you want to be a vessel of honor. So we looked at that, but now we've made it to the clay. Now, now, now that we've got the clay, we've got the ingredients, 
We've wedged it, we've prepared it, we've cleansed it, and now we've, we've got it to this point here on, on the wheel. Me and my wife, we took ceramics a few years ago, and honestly, I haven't touched a, a potter's wheel. This is my wheel. I haven't, I haven't touched uh, this thing in uh, like four and a half years, but I got it out, you know, and washed it off and dusted it off. We've just been busy. We started the church four years ago, and that's kind of, uh, it hadn't been out since. I was just getting the church and doing church stuff. And uh, so I got it out this week and uh, my kids came home and I had it out in the driveway and Ansley gets out of the car and she goes, ooh, ooh. And if you're a parent, you know what that means? Like, oh Lord, here we go. Here we go. So, you know, the first day she's like, come on, come on. I remember going down and watching you do this. She was like two or three at the time. I'm surprised she remembered it. She says, I, I want to do it. I want to do it. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it today. I'm not filming it today. And the next day she's like, ooh, let's do it today. And that's after like three days, you know, you got to make them want it real good. Uh, <laughs> you can't just give it to them the first day. Uh, so, so like after the third or fourth day, I got her and Noble out there because they're like, oh, I want it, you know. So I broke off a piece of clay and we got it ready, wedged it, kind of like how we showed you last week. Gave her a piece and gave him a piece, you know. And then I just started, I said, all right, if y'all want to do this, I said, it's a lot harder than you think it is. And uh, it, it takes, it ta- it's, it's, it's a lot. T- how many of you know sometimes kids just are just like, oh, yeah, la, 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 la. And they just don't have any idea. You're like, you're going to get more mad than you are glad before this process is over. I can tell you right now. So I got them, you know, and they made the little thing. I said, all right, so now I got to coach you. I got to tell you what to do. So I said, the first thing you got to do is uh, you have to put it exactly in the center of the wheel. The clay has to be in the center of the wheel. And you're not going to be able to put it in the center of the wheel just by eyeballing it. You think you're going to do it. And, of course, they did. They're like, put it in there. And they're like, there. And I'm like, no, that's that's not going to work. And so I said, all right, so turn the wheel on. If you turn the wheel on, once you turn that wheel on, you could tell theirs wasn't centered because it does like this. That's what it does. It's just like a rocket. It's a rocket. And they think they're ready to play. You know, they're like, all right, let's do this. And I'm like, no, brother, that's not center. You got to do that. Says, if you've got to center, so you're going to have to push down and you're going to have to push through the clay at the same time. And as you're doing that, you're going to feel that clay get center. You're going to feel it, that there's going to be a shift, but you can't throw the pot if it's not centered. So, of course, they sit down and they push on it and they're doing this. And the little clay is still, man, it's just a rocking. It's just a rocking. So, and they're like, okay, that's good. I said, no, brother, that's not good. It's, it's not center. So I have to coach. I have to tell them, I say, listen, if you go to drawing that clay out now, you, you'll, you'll have a little bit of success. But the higher it gets, the more it rocks. And eventually, that thing, it's going to fall over, right? You're just going to throw clay all over the, all over the front porch, and it's just going to be a disaster. I said, how many of y'all know? Uh, we've all done it. How many of y'all done this before? You try to do life your own way, right? You're trying to, and there's other things that are the center, right? There's other things that are the center. You got your job's the center. Your marriage is your center. Your kids are the center. Once you get kids, they become the center. And you can, you can work that process for a little while, but eventually the wobbling of the wheel of things just being out of center, it's just not going to work, right? So for you and I, what's that means? Listen, listen, all of us that in here, I'm sure at some point or another, we tried to have other things that are the center, right? We, we've tried to put our career or whatever, but, but God, He commands center. He demands center. That's what He wants. He says, I need to be first place. 
I need to be the center of your life. And if you'll put me in the center, he says, then I can draw you out and I can make you something that, that is a vessel of honor. And uh, there's a verse, if you'll put it up there, Joshua chapter 24, it's in your worship guide. And this is, if, if you know anything about Joshua, what an outstanding book to read in the Bible of somebody that just made the decision to put God center. And he started early in his life. He just purposed in his heart that God, was he going to be perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. And, and I told you when we started this whole series, God doesn't want perfection. He wants commitment. And commitment is just somebody that says, God, I'm going to put you the center. I was watching um, uh, Phil Robertson, you know, Duck Commander guy. He was giving his testimony a couple weeks ago. I was watching him give his testimony. And he talks about whenever he got saved, you know, before he got saved, he was rough as a cob. How many of you know what rough as a cob means? He's just a rub, man, just kind of a hillbilly redneck, backwoods, shoot him up, shotgun in the back of the, right? Don't cross me or I'm going to hit you with the number sixes, right? I'm a, he, he, he's just a rough guy. He said, yeah, I was abusive to my wife verbally, physically. I cheated on her. I was a daughter. I ran around on her. I owned a bar and my wife got saved. Uh-oh. He knew he's in trouble once his wife got saved and she started going to church. She started believing for him to get saved and they just went up and down and he was just a mess. But him giving his testimony, he says, eventually I got saved. He says, I was, I was wasted. I was suicidal. I was just a mess. My life was a mess. And, but, but I got saved. I got born again. And the short of it is, is once he got born again, the, the preacher was, was talking to him and says, all right, you're now saved. And of course, uh, Phil had the same question everybody has. is like, well, now what? And the preacher told Phil, he says, Phil, he says, Phil, what I want you to do is just try to be good. That was his advice to, to Phil. He told Phil, because he knew, he says, listen, you can't tell Phil to do all this type of stuff, blah, 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 blah. He says, Phil, if you'll just read a little bit of your Bible every day, gave him a, a little starting point. And he says, Phil, if you'll just work on being good. And I know sometimes in, in the, the culture of Christianity we live in, it's like, yeah, but it's not works, you know, you just have to blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but what that guy was saying there, he was just like, Phil, instead of other things being the center, work on putting God at the center, at the center of you and Miss Kay, your relationship, what you would have done before, just be good and put God as the center. So he gives an example, you know, he would run trot lines and he would go and check his trot lines and he caught a guy stealing his fish off of his trot lines. And he said the old Phil would have probably shot him, right, or run him over with his boat like his go down, go down. But he says, he says, I was sitting there in that boat and I remember this preacher telling me, just feel Try to be good. Do it different. Let God be in this center of this situation. Instead of what you think or blah, 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 just feel. And Phil says, you know what? He says, I let that guy keep the fish. And I drove off. And he says, and that began. So, so I mean, I, I could tell you with 100% certainty, whenever Phil Robertson chose to put God the center, he probably made a thousand mistakes after that. But his heart was, God, you're going to be the center. And it's going to take me a while to figure this out because I'm used to fighting with Miss Kay. But God, I want you to be the center. Joshua chapter 24, if you put it up. Uh, this is, he says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, Joshua, he's talking to some people. He says, then choose for yourself this day whom you're going to serve. Joshua says, if serving God's undesirable to you, fine. You may have to tell your mama this. You may have to tell your kinfolks this. 
You may have to tell you, certain people, you may have to tell this. He says, he says, whether the gods of your ancestors or they served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites and whose land you were living. He says, you can serve all the other gods of this world. But last, last part of it, he says, but as for me and my house, we're going to center around the Lord. You serve whatever you want to serve. You keep up with all the Dashians or whoever or Kate. You keep up with anybody you want to keep up with. But he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, so back to me and my little kids. So, of course, they couldn't get it center, you know, because they aren't strong enough because you're having to push on this clay and work on this clay. So then I wrap my little hands around Ansley's little hands. I say, okay, now we're going to push and we're going to push. And then you could just see, all of a sudden, you just see that wobble. And all of a sudden, it just went to center. She couldn't do it by herself, right? So a lot of times we try to get center without, without no, no, God, God will come alongside you. He'll wrap his hands around your hands. And once you make that decision, you say, God, I want you to be a center of my life. Then you, not, not, not perfection commitment. He'll wrap his hands around that and he'll help you say, all right, now this is center. Stay there. And there's going to be other things that are going to come by and whack your, whack your clay. And you're like, don't touch my clay. I'm keeping it center. And you, but once you got it center, now you're in a place that you can work. So I said, oh, I said, all right, all right, no, y'all got it centered. Now you're good to go. You're good to go. And at this point, yeah, they're a little frustrated. They're like, can we just do it? I'm like, no, you can't just do it. You got to do it right. So I said, all right, all right, the next thing you need is you got to have some water. And I said, go get me a bucket of water. Go, 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 go get a bucket of water. You can't, you can't throw pots without water. You, you, can't, you can't work with clay without water. It's, a hundred, it's, it's essential that you have to have Water In your worship guide, there's your first two blanks. It says, get center, and, 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 and you need water. And uh, the, the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about the water of the Holy Spirit. You'll never be a vessel of honor if you don't have the Holy Spirit. And, and if you don't communicate with the Holy Spirit, if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, if you don't receive or respond to the Holy Spirit, if you don't pick up on the Holy Spirit, then you, you're just, you're, Christianity can be dry. How many ever had to do dry Christianity? I tried to throw a pot before, whenever I first got this thing out, I opened up an old bag of clay, you know, and the clay's kind of hard. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to give it a shot. So I cut a big chunk off of it, but whenever I would mush it, it would kind of crack. I mean, I'm talking about just kind of dry. But I tried anyway, you know, I sat down, I tried to throw a pot, and it just didn't work. I mean, it was just crazy. It was just, what did it need? It needs water. I could not over value the importance of water just in your body, just in your natural life. How many of y'all know that but the waters, how many of y'all watch these shows on, they got a new show on TV called Alone. And they got naked and afraid. They're naked, so caution. Uh, it's really the, t- they're naked. Or Bear Grylls or somebody like that, you know, and they drop these guys off in the middle of nowhere, right? They just drop you off and they're like, all right, you're naked. And, uh, you might be afraid. And they take these guys and they throw them into a harsh environment. And immediately, I don't care what show you're watching, who you're listening to, all of them, they go to four things. They said, I, I, need, I need fire. I need shelter. I need some form of protein. But more than I need anything, I need what? You got to have water, baby. You may live three, th- three weeks without food. And I could probably use three weeks without food. It would do my body good three weeks without food, but you won't go three days without water. You go three days without water and your body, it will start 
to shut down. I even looked up this week on, you know, the Mayo Clinic, which is a real famous hospital, whatever. You know, the, the importance of water on the human body. Put that, that slide up there, Christian. So I typed it up for you. It says, your body uses water in all of its cells, organs, and tissues to help maintain all bodily functions. Because your body loses water through breathing, sweating, digestion, it's important to rehydrate by drinking fluids, eating foods that contain water. The amount of water you need depends on a variety of factors, including the climate you live in, how physically active you are, and whether you're experimenting an illness or have any other health problems. Your body, all the functions of your body need water. Your blood's 92% water. Your brain is 85% water. You can go a while without food, without shelter, but you, I couldn't overvalue how important water is. Well, in the Bible, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, it describes the Holy Spirit like water. If you, if you know anything about you know, the Bible, the Bible says the Bible is a sword, the Bible is a lamp, and it gives us words that show us what the Bible is like. And the Bible says that Jesus is like a shepherd, but he's also like a soldier, and he's also like this. And those descriptions help us understand what Jesus is like. Well, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's like oil, he's like wind, he's like fire, but the one it uses the most is the Holy Spirit is like water. In other words, the Holy Spirit is essential. If you, you can do without a lot of stuff, but you guys, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. He's essential. The Bible says in Isaiah, he says, pray for the Lord to send rain of his spirit. And he says, and I'll make bright clouds of my spirit to fall upon the earth and it will cause things to bud. The Holy Spirit, he's like a river. Put Isaiah chapter 44 up there, Christian. Let's look at this. This is in your worship guide. He says, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Everybody say thirsty. Now in my Bible, I just kind of wrote above it, centered. He says, for whoever centered, he says, I'll pour water. Now, does that mean that God's going to like throw a bucket of water on you? No, he's not talking about natural water. He says, I'll pour water on him who's thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Have y'all been dry before? You get in God's presence and it's like you were a raisin, but he fills you up. You're just like, you feel the presence of God. He just fills you with possibility and hope and mercy and faith and love. When you're dry, he says, I will pour what? He says, I will pour water. Then he says, after that, he says, I will pour my spirit. So the water is his spirit. And God says, I'll pour my spirit. This verse gets really good because who does he say he'll pour it on? Your descendants. And he says, and my blessing on your offspring. How many of y'all want God to pour his water, his spirit on your descendants, on your kids? Come on, that's why I like sending my kids to kids camp. I wish I could send them three times, right? Go again. Go, go again. Why? Because something happens whenever we get in God's presence. He, his spirit comes in. And, and, and whenever he comes, things begin to bud. Right? Things begin. There, there's little sprouts. Of, of, of he'll give you instruction or he'll give you insight or he'll let you know some things. And, and, and I want that for my kids. I know you want that for your kids. Uh, Allison, uh, come on. Everybody give Allison a big hand. Yeah. All right, Allison, you got your stuff centered, right? How long have you been doing ceramics, Allison? A couple years. Okay. 
Allison, where'd you do ceramics at? McNeese. What you dipping your hands in there? Water. How many times are you gonna dip your hands in that bucket? About a hundred times. What happened if I took that water away from you? It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be... <laughs> You're gonna leave, aren't you? Like, I'm leaving. I ain't got no water, I'm out of here. She'll dip her hands in that bucket a hundred times. What's interesting to me is whenever that verse, that, that thing I put up there from the, from the Mayo Clinic, it says you have to rehydrate. And that just means you have the Holy Spirit in your life, but I can tell you, you leak. I mean, I know you leak. And he says, and it depends upon the activities that you do, whether or not you're sick, uh, how active you are, what you're involved in, it depends upon how much water you need. And I can tell you, there's going to be times in your life where you have to totally 100% depend upon the Holy Spirit or you just won't make it. You, it's just that vital. You got it, Cor? Am I in y'all's way? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be in your way. Yeah, you do it, Cora. Go for it. Y'all can't see, huh? I can't go nowhere. I'll sit at the drum kit. It's just like, it's like I'm standing in Vern's way. I'm standing in everybody's way. I need a soundtrack? Oh, to Ghost. <laughs> to Ghost. Some of y'all are too young. Anybody remember Ghost? Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. R.I.P. Patrick Swayze. God bless you, sir. <laughs> now, it's funny because now I think about that. Maybe that's what made me want to do this as a kid. I like watch a ghost and all of a sudden it was like, Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I want to be Patrick Swayze. I didn't say that. We're going to cut that out of the tape if this is being, this is being recorded. <laughs> Local pastor says he wishes he was Patrick Swayze. <laughs> It's starting to take shape. Look at you. Me and my little kids, it was so funny, you know, because I'm, Allison's a very clean potter. You let an eight-year-old do this, you'll have mud on you back there on the back row, I promise you. We had mud everywhere. Man, my kids were covered in mud. And, and we, we finally got a little pot for Noble, a little pot for Ansley. But the whole time I'm having to coach them, I'm like, all right, now you got it centered. But you need more water. You need more water. You're going to have to put it. That, that water, it saturates, it permeates, it gets in there, and it makes it pliable. It makes it work. That's good, Allison. Whatever you want, you just keep throwing or be done, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's good. That's great. All right, give it up for Allison. Look at you. All right, give me that next verse. Give me John chapter 4, if you got it, Christian. John chapter 4. Do you have that one in there? John chapter 4, verse 13. This is Jesus talking, thanks. No, you're good. You can leave it right there. This is Jesus talking. And again, he's going to talk to us about the Holy Spirit in the reference to water. And again, they call the Holy Spirit fire. We could do a whole sermon on the fire of the Holy Spirit. They call the Holy Spirit's like oil. We could look at the, uh, why the Holy Spirit's like oil. But specifically, we're talking about clay. And he says, listen, I want to make you a vessel of honor. You can't do this without water. And you can try to do life without the Holy Spirit. You can try to do uh, 
uh, Christianity without the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to give you in just a few minutes. So, so, well, 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 if he's so vital, uh, how, do, how do we make it practical? But, but first, I just want to show you the person of the Holy Spirit or what the Bible says about this. And Jesus answered. He's talking to this woman at the well. And she's drawing water from the well. And, and, and Jesus asked her, he says, hey, give me some water. And she says, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. I'm a Samaritan. I'm a woman. But Jesus, he doesn't care. I mean, I'm glad Jesus, he pushes back on some stereotypes. He says, I don't care. And he said, he, Jesus answered and he said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Give me the next one. Give me, give me. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Now go to John chapter 7. I want to I I look at one more, and then, and then we'll move on. John chapter 7. This is verse 37. This is Jesus again talking. And Jesus stands up on the day of atonement, or it's the day of the, the, the feast. They're having this big feast of tabernacles. And Jesus stands up on the last day of the great feast. And Jesus stood, and he cried out, and he said, If anyone thirst, let him come unto me. And what? Drink. What's Jesus talking about? He's not handing out Kool-Aid. No, he's saying, listen. He says, all of you have a thirst in your life. He says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And what's he say? He says, and out of his belly. Next verse. On him who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Give me the next verse. But this he spoke concerning what? The Spirit. So he tells him right now, he says, listen, don't get confused. I'm not talking about water. I'm not handing out water at the feast. He says, I'm speaking concerning the Holy Spirit. And he says, whom those believing in him. The, the other place in my, where I crossed out or above believing, I wrote centered. He says, those that are centered in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here, Jesus, he stands up and he says, if anybody thirsts, he says, I have a water and it's the, the, the water of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And later, of course, we know Jesus goes on and he says, it's to your benefit that I go away because once I go away, the, the Father, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to come down. He's not just going to be you know, with you, but he's actually going to move in you and out of your belly will flow these rivers of living water. So you got to be centered. Everybody say centered. And you got to have water. If you're going to be a vessel of honor, you're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit. So, so let, let's get real practical with it. If you've got your worship guide, there's four things I want to give you. Four, four things that I want to give you to, to make this real practical. If you say, well, I understand that water is important. It's important to my body, right? My body will shut down without water. Life as we know it would shut down without water. Civilizations are built on the banks of water. Uh, the whole economy of Lake Charles is built around the port of Lake Charles. It's built upon water. God bless our casinos. They're sitting on a body of Thank you. Even the casinos, especially the casinos need the spirit revolve around this concept of water. You say, okay, well, I understand that, 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 that I need this. And the same way that my body needs this, my spirit needs the Holy Spirit. My spirit needs communion with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how, how do you cultivate this? The first thing I want you to know is the Holy Spirit is a person. Everybody say person. 
He's not a dove. He's not a cloud. He's not a mist. He's not a vapor. Right? He's not smoke. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. Jesus equips you for heaven. Without Jesus, you don't have eternal life. But the Holy Spirit equips you for, for earth. That's what, that's, what, that's what His job is. Jesus said there's going to come a day when you're not going to ask me anything. You're not going to ask me anything. But you're going to ask or you're going to ask the Father in my name. And the Holy Spirit, He's there to help, help us to ask things. He prompts us. He tells us what to do. So, so the, the first one there is I want you to know he's, he's, he's a person. So in your first little blank is talk to Him directly. Directly. Listen, if you understand that the Holy Spirit's vital to you, then, then it, this is the most important message you may hear for, for your entire life. As long as you're on this planet, if you'll make Jesus your Lord, obviously that would be the number one message so that you have eternal life. But the number two message is, is if you will learn how to communicate with the Holy Spirit directly, then your life will forever be different. It'll change. It'll go places beyond what you could ever hope, think, dream, or imagine if you'll develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Many times in American churches, uh, we develop relationships with other figures in the Bible. And if you're, and if you're Catholic, you'll pray to Mary. You'll pray to Peter. You'll pray to St. Paul. You'll pray to all these other people, and I'm not telling you what to do, but I'll tell you the number one person that you should be communicating with is not Paul or Peter or Mary. Jesus said God's going to send you the Holy Spirit. And if you'll listen to Him, He is the Spirit of truth. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says He will lead you and guide you in every area of your life. So much so, He says, you won't even need a man to teach you anything. Because the Holy Spirit, He will teach you and guide you in everything. So the most important relationship that you could ever cultivate is not just a relationship with Jesus. And in churches, we talk to Jesus a lot. And rightly so. But Jesus said there's going to come a day when you're not going to talk to me like you're talking to me right now. Because he says, I'm going to the Father. But once I go to the Father, he's going to send the Holy Spirit and that's going to be your agent in the earth. So you're not going to be talking to me anymore. You're going to be talking to or communicating with the Holy Spirit. And that should be your best friend. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. Now, I tell my wife, she's my best friend. Right? So, baby, you're my best friend. And she knows that, right? We're best friends. I even tell my kids. I say, noble, noble little buddy, you're my best friend. You're my best little buddy in the whole wide world. And he says, you're my best friend, too. I say, good, good, good. And I tell my daughter, I say, oh, you're my best little girl. You're my best little girlfriend. I love you, I love you, I love you. But the person that's really my best friend more than all of those relationships is the Holy Spirit because He's the one that teaches me how to be their best friend. He's the one that gives me the love and the, the, the wisdom to know how to deal with them correctly. He's my best friend in business. He's my best friend in ministry. He's my best friend in life. And the reason He's my best friend is I talk to Him directly. Right? He's not a mist. He's not a vapor. He can be grieved. He can be insulted. He can be respected. He can be received. He can be responded to. The Holy Spirit, if He'll become your best friend, He'll change your stinking world. 
He'll revolutionize your life. And there's nothing wrong with praying to God. I talk to God. I say, God, God, thank you for your mercy. You're rich in mercy. While I was yet a sinner, you sent Jesus to heaven. Thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price. You said no man takes your life. You lay it down. That you could have called a thousand, a legion of angels to take you off the cross. But you died just for me. Thank you, Jesus, so much for the blood of Jesus. But thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're not just with me. You live in me. You lead me and guide me into all truth. I talk to you directly. I acknowledge you. One of the books that, that I love to read, and this is by Dr. Young E. Cho. And if you don't know who Dr. Cho is, he has the largest, the largest church in the world. So if you take Joel Osteen's church and multiply it by 25, then, then you've got Dr. Cho. So Dr. Cho's church is in Seoul, Korea. It's got over a million people every Sunday. Can you imagine having a million people? That's an ocean of people. Yeah, and that's like as far as your eyes can see is Koreans. <laughs> Crazy. Imagine potluck with them. I mean, it's just like redonkulous. Over a million people, you know, he's been in ministry like 40 years or something like that. And, and the reason I love this book is he talks about the beginning of the book. He talks about whenever I first started in ministry 40 years ago, he said, I tried to copy Billy Graham. I would preach his sermons and I tried to copy this guy. And he says, and I just was a failure. And he says, but once I learned that the Holy Spirit was my helper and that God sent him to the earth to help me, then he says, I started making sermons with the Holy Spirit. He began to help me. And, and, and I actually underline this. I'll read it to you. He says, every morning, he says, once I learned that, he says, when I wake, I say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's work together today and I will be your vessel. Goes with our sermon, doesn't it? Good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's work together. Well, let's work together today. Not just talking to Jesus, not just talking to God. Say, Holy Spirit, you're down here for me. That's why you're here. Jesus sat down at the right hand of God. You all know where Jesus is? He's at the right hand of God. You want to know where the Holy Spirit is? He's in the earth. And he's wanting us to respond to him. He's wanting us to get up every morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I recognize you're here for me. And he says, let's work together today. I will be your vessel. He says, every evening before retiring, I say, it's been a wonderful day working with you, Holy Spirit. Cover my family with me of your divine protection as we rest through the night. The next morning, again, I greet him as a person. And I invite him in to go with me through the day to take the lead in all affairs that must be handled. And he does. Number one, talk to him directly. Number two is, is listen for his voice. Once you start talking to him directly, and again, I told you it's the most important message you may hear in your whole entire life is learning how to talk to the Holy Spirit directly and then learning how to hear his voice. Because this is where people, they have a hard time figuring out, well, how do I know it's me or how do I know if it's somebody else? If you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and in, beside that, there's three little things. He talks through his promises Promises just means through the Bible. Every person in here, you've done this. You open up your Bible, and it's just like just what you needed for that day, right? Uh, you, you open up your Bible, and your book, your Bible, is full of promises. It's a book of promises. And, and one of the number one ways that the Holy Spirit will speak to you is He's going to speak to you through those promises. And you'll be all depressed. You open it up, and, 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 and you'll find a verse in your devotional or something that says, Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And then all of a sudden you realize that's the Holy Spirit giving me that verse because I've been depressed. And it says, perfect peace have those whose mind is stayed on thee. That's the voice of God speaking to you right there. And then you take that, you center your, your day around that. And you say, God, I think you have perfect peace today. 
as my mind has stayed on you. And then the Holy Spirit on the inside, he said, just think about me today. Concentrate on me today. Don't concentrate on this. And I'll keep you in perfect peace. What is that? That's the voice of the Holy Spirit in the earth coming into your life, into your world, to keep you from turning one day of depression into a year of depression. Right? Just like that one stinking promise from the Holy Spirit will take you from... But if you don't have that promise, then one day turns into one week, turns into a cloud of depression, and then you're just like, God, where are you at? He's like, my agent's in the earth. Talk to him directly. Hear his voice. The second way that you'll hear his voice is through people. That's the voice of your pastor. You need to be at church. That's the voice of your peers. Whenever you get in small group, I heard lots of testimonies this week. I met this lady at small group, and we're going through the same thing. I'm so glad that we connected, blah, 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 blah. And that those people become voices of the Holy Spirit that you glean from. So, so you need to hear the voice of your pastor. You need to hear the voice of, uh, of, of, of peers and people. God brings people into your life. That's why you, your parents... I am the voice of the Holy Spirit for Noble Burns. He just don't know it. Sit down. God is talking. Right? But, but, but God, God gives parents, right? Not all parents are good, but, but, but listen, God puts people. He gives us his promises. He, 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 do, he does these things. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Number three. I got to hurry. I got five more minutes, y'all. Is follow your peace. Jesus said, my peace, I'm leaving with you. What's he leaving with us? He's leaving the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and God will give you peace about certain things. And some things you just won't have peace about and some things you have peace about. Should I take the job? So I just don't have peace about it. God's, the Holy Spirit's communicating with you through peace. Peace is a compass. Should, should I make that decision? Should I buy that? Should I be with this girl? Should I be with this boy? How many of y'all know that God wants to keep you from getting funky? God wants to keep you from wobble, wobble. Wobble, wobble. They made a song about it. Wobble, wobble. God's trying to keep you from wobble, wobble. Trying to keep you from the stanky leg. He's trying. He's, he's, he's endeavoring to. Right? I talked to somebody the other day. He says, the whole time I was with that girl, I knew I was not supposed to be with that girl. I didn't have peace about being with that girl. But I didn't follow my peace, and it got me, it got me in a bind. got me in a trouble. He gives you his people. He, he, gives you, he, he gives you promises, but also he'll give you this peace. There'll be times I'm talking to people that they want to work in children's ministry, or, or my kids want to go stay over at their house, or whatever. I don't have peace about it. A lot of people get killed in airplanes and get killed in situations that it, and, and people say, oh, well, God needed another angel. Maybe God didn't need another angel. Maybe God prompted them through the Holy Spirit. They override that prompting and it cut their life short because God sent us the Holy Spirit, but we have to receive him. We have to respond to him and, and, and you can reject him. You can insult him. You cannot acknowledge him. And, and I'm guilty of this. I stand before you. I'm guilty. I repent. And, and I've already talked to the Lord about it because it, and my wife's my best friend. But if I ignore her for a day, we're going to have a problem. Right? If I ignore her for three days, we've got serious problems. If I don't talk to her or ignore her for a week, it's catastrophic. <laughs> right? It's, gone, it's gotten nuclear now. What makes the Holy Spirit so amazing is there's been times in my life that I went a year without ever acknowledging Him. 
But the moment I turned to him, acknowledge him, he ran. It's just like he just about face. I'm right here. What you want? What you need? You need instruction? You need wisdom? You need guidance? You need peace? You need hope? You need love? What is it that you need? You try that with any other person on this planet and they'll leave you a thousand times over. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And he'll never change. He's the greatest asset to your life you'll ever have on this planet. And you'll never be a vessel of honor without him. You'll be a lot of other vessels. You can you hold a whole bunch of stuff and you can have your coffers stacked with all kinds of stuff. But if you want to be a vessel of honor, you have to acknowledge him and have him in your life. The last thing is, is, is fast for major decisions. And that just means fasting may take, you may fast a meal, you may fast uh, a day, you may fast three days, but fasting, it diminishes the other voices and it amplifies his voice. And that's all fasting is. I'd never take a job or, or make a move or uh, rip up my family. I would never switch churches. I would never marry so-and-so without some form of fasting, whether it's one meal or seven days or whatever, because I need the other voices down. And I need his voice up. And that's all fasting does is just saying, I'm turning down the other influences of my life because I recognize you are vital to me. All of my organs shut down. My cells shut down. My life shuts down without water. But with water, I'm plump and full and I can make good decisions. 85% of my brain is made up of water and I need the water of the Holy Spirit in my consciousness to help guide me and lead me and help me. Last thing I want you to do, Christians, put that back up there the, 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 from the Mayo Clinic about water. Your body uses the Holy Spirit, or your spirit uses the Holy Spirit in every function to maintain all functions. Because your spirit loses water through your spouse, your job, the economy. How many of you know things will suck it out of you? Just like it will drain you. You can leave church on Sunday full of the life of God. The Spirit of God is coming out your pores. And by Tuesday, it's just like, where did the Lord go? Well, you leak. You didn't know this, but you leak. That's why the Bible says daily you acknowledge him. That's why Cho daily, he says every day, he says, Holy Spirit, I need you. I acknowledge you. I want to hear your voice. I want to have your peace. Every day, he says, he says through breathing, digestion. I mean, I know the Holy Spirit helped you digest some things. Things you don't understand, he'll help you digest them. You say, I've always wondered about that. Why did this happen to me whenever I was a kid? If you talk to him, he'll tell you. He'll show you and he'll bring you peace and resolution to that thing you've been holding on to for years and years and years. You never understood. He'll help you digest that thing. It's important to what? I underlined it for you. Rehydrate. How do you rehydrate? Just like this, those four things I gave you. You just say, I'm just rehydrating by drinking fluids and eating foods that contain what? Water. It's important what you consume. He says the amount of water you need depends on a variety of factors. There's so many times in your life, man, you, you, need, you need this facet of your life. And the way you get it is just by responding to him, receiving him, acknowledging him, 
directly, clearly, in every situation, whatever you're going through, say, God, I need your help in this. And I repent again. I said, there's been times when I've done it well, and there's been times when I haven't done it well. But he's always there. You turn towards him, you say, and, and he is there, baby. He is Johnny on the spot. He hasn't missed a beat. He'll be on you like dried egg on a fork. <laughs> he will be all over you, just like chomping at the bit like, I need you and you need me. Let's work together. I need you in the earth because he prompts us. Last week I was riding down the road and some guy I hadn't thought of in probably 20 years, some guy from high school and, and the, the Holy Spirit. And you, sometimes you don't think it's the Holy Spirit, but he brings somebody to your remembrance. So you're just like, why in the world am I thinking about him? And then you realize, you know what? I think the Holy Spirit is bringing him. He's, probably, he's, he's bringing him to me. So I just pray for him. And then a few days later, I was thinking about this pastor up in Joaquin, Texas, and, and I, he just came to my remembrance. And then I just pray for him. What is that? The Holy Spirit, he's the agent in the earth, right? And he knows that God answers prayers. So he'll prompt you to pray for people that you don't even think about praying about, but he'll bring these things to your remembrance. Buy that person lunch. Help that person. Call that person. Text that person. Do this. What's that? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll lean into him, be centered in God, and just allow the work of the Holy Spirit, he'll change you. He'll help you. Uh, he'll change your life. So, but you, you have to respond to that. Next week, I may hit on this. I haven't quite, I feel like there may be a little bit more that, that the Lord wants us to unpack about this. Because I didn't get into, you know, there's different experiences. You know, you get it filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit and these, all this stuff. But I want you to know every person here, as long as Jesus is your Lord, that, that the Holy Spirit, he's an agent for you. And he'll talk to you. He'll communicate with you. And, and he will help you in every facet of your life.